Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 148 of the Get Around Podcast. It is, we checked. Yes, it is. 148, almost like 248, but we still have 100 more code? to go. Yeah. Our area code. That's not our area code. That's area code from back down state where I'm from. Yeah, as you already heard, Harrison Beebe joining us in the podcast studio. Us. Right. James Cook on his phone, not paying attention to what we're doing here. But that's James in his element. Right. It doesn't make Waiting any better. Waiting until we actually get to Either way, he, he doesn't have as much stake in what we're going to talk about anyways. Yeah, the 517 area code. Yeah, we're right. About. Oh, my gosh. Can anybody else except for me believe that Michigan State won that well, game? Well, here's how mind-blowing the whole and unbelievable it all is. We just sat in here in the room for 10 minutes, and I, right before we recorded, I'm like, hey, how about that game Saturday? Like, why did that take 10 minutes to talk about? I still don't think we understand how that happened. I mean, I said this on the podcast last week. And this was before the spread actually came out. It was like, whatever the spread is, do you bet on it? Because it was 25 points. Oh, you bet the Jesus. spread. Yeah, the spread But I, I, you can listen to the podcast last week. I was like, we could always win this game. If Mel Tucker wins this game, I could see it happening. His first win as Michigan uh, State head coach against right. Michigan. Oh, there, I love I, I heard a stat. And Big Nick Mel Saban, Tucker fan. Nick Saban's the only other Michigan State coach to beat Michigan in his first year, much less his first game. Big Mel Tucker fan. <laughs> Big Mel Tucker fan. Future Alabama coach in 10 years. Not a, not a fan of Rocky Lombardi, but we won't get into that. Anyways, this is, like, surreal for the last couple of days. What a good Halloween. Like, my favorite holiday. Michigan State wins that game. And, like, it was basically pretty handily by the second half. It just it felt like Michigan we were going to win that game. Michigan scared me at the end there. Now, I knew it was going to come yeah. down an onside kick. So, at that point, it was still a 1-6 chance. But that drive was very impressive. Like, okay. Oh, Crap, wow, Michigan playing woke now. up, and this is like Minnesota last week, you know, back from the dead Halloween style. So at that point, I knew it was the onside kick was going to dictate everything, although, man, their fans were ticked about their clock management. Well, yeah, I, I would have been, been too. too. <laughs> I, they just threw the ball in the center of the field for the entire drive and never called a timeout. It's like, yeesh. Okay, I have to ask this question because I am a Spartan, and I've just been waiting for this forever. Does Jim Harbaugh get fired yet? Not till the end of the year. But this year, is this like if he loses the Ohio State as bad yeah, as we think it'll happen? Does he get does he get fired? Because there's no way he wins a championship in the Big Ten this year already, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Rutgers and has and got a better shot than him. <laughs> right, they're not going to the playoff. He he's one in five against his rivals at home. That's atrocious. Hey, as my father used to say all the time, he was like, "No, go ahead, keep keep Jim Harbaugh. We we want you guys to keep Harbaugh on the sidelines. I, keep him as long as you want." I literally agree with the uh with the late George Beebe. He knows what he was talking uh-huh. about. So, who's on the hotter seat? Uh Matt Patricia or Jim Harbaugh, you think? Oh, Matt Patricia. First? Matt Patricia probably gets fired first. Well, I keep in mind that college football season is going to end before the NFL season. Yeah, but I still think that Matt Patricia. Yes, gets Matt fired Patricia's first. on the hotter seat, but Harbaugh's season. Yeah, who will be who, done, who actually gets fired will be first? Be done faster. Yeah. yeah, who actually gets fired first? Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I think c- it only takes a couple more losses from Matt Patricia in a row here, and it's over. Yeah, if they lose a couple of these games because this is the easy part of their schedule too. Well, the Colts were four and two. That's not a bad loss. Yeah. No, just, but it doesn't matter. You're not winning it, games. It, it was yeah. a bad. Well, I heard. If you I, watched it, it was a bad. I read loss. some they report. Awful. It was through Associated Press, so they're always very squeaky clean about the, what they write. But they said something like Patricia and uh, Quinn. You know, if they don't contend for a playoff spot this year, then it's over. So yeah, I guess if, however, that's determined that they're no longer contending, if that's by the middle of the month here, then yeah, maybe we do see those guys get uh, shipped off. I mean, none of us are quote unquote Michigan men. So I don't know how it works around in Ann Arbor, but do you actually hold on that long? I, I just no don't get it. They seem, some of them still Being 48 seem to have, and 20, I don't want to compare this to the election at all on Tuesday, but some of them seem to just have like this blind faith. <laughs> and then others are just like, yeah, it's not working. Like, It's a weird contrast of Michigan fans. We should have brought Ron Stremlow on for this part. Yeah. Mr. Michigan. Hey, Maybe you can Michigan call him. Man. Kick a... Uh, Kick Gavin Miller out and get Ron Stremlin. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. You mad yet? You PO'd? Well, okay. Uh, my final thought on the whole matter that maybe that's why this – like, we're seeing some weird things this college football season, and maybe that's because of the fan, lack of fans, COVID, whatever the reason. We're seeing some really – you know, Oklahoma and Texas aren't ranked. Uh, other teams are, are – are, you know, th- these upsets are happening more and more than they seem to – would have been in normal college football seasons. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The win is a win. We got the win. We got the trophy. Hey, Paul Bunyan's back in his yeah, Lansing. I'm Michigan okay State with it. fans, I don't care. You give me the win, that's that's all I, I want. I can go 1-11 on a regular college football season. I'd be Michigan. I'm good. But... And, and, and that's the truth. And the one, I'll, 
the biggest thing from that game is that I learned that Mel Tucker can get his boys up for a football game. Right. Like for that game. That means I he to me understands what that rivalry meant to all people in green and white and he put his stamp on it right away. Yeah, I mean Michigan State stepped up. I think more of the biggest story Michigan just acted like we were going to be nothing. Acted like we were going to be usually a, what a it seems like team. Yeah, but this year like especially that. that burned them huge. They always act like that. So check yourselves. So what's your spread in the Ohio State Rutgers game? <laughs> oh man. I would say that they I mean, probably give Michigan State and then just doesn't show they up. They probably against Indiana. I'd yeah, say probably Indiana's good. Indiana's pretty decent. But, but I, w- I would say that they probably give them twenty-seven and a half, maybe thirty-two points. Yeah, I'm thinking in the thirties. I don't know when the last time that there's been a thirty-point spread. Yeah, in the Big I, I'm 10, never though. gonna bet the spread against Ohio State. I'm just gonna let them do their thing. <laughs> I'm never going to bet a team to cover against Ohio State. That, no interest in that. That sounds awful. No, but speaking of. People yeah, you getting paid. High school content? Yeah, speaking of people getting paid, let's tell you about our sponsors over at Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky Yeah. I got to let you know what's coming in our episode today. We have obviously a lot of playoff soccer to talk about. We have three local teams in the state semifinals in three different divisions. We have some playoff football to chat about. We have a great interview with Leland's. Gavin Miller, the goalkeeper for the comments, who is now in their second state semi, second state semifinal in the past three years. Uh, we had a great, good chance to uh, kind of get in his head as a goalkeeper and see what it's like, you know, in high-pressure playoff situations with PKs. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about winter sports in the Chatter That Matters section and the mask mandates with the MHSAA and how it is going to look. And then we're going to do another rendition of the Hall of Fame and get into our trifecta where we kind of get into the holiday spirit and tell you about the best Halloween costumes that we saw. Let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, get into the Pulse fellas, which to me, the most prevalent thing is playoff soccer right now. We got three teams, Traverse City West and Division One, going to be rematching with Troy Athens, so a rematch of the state finals last year. And then in Division Three, we have Elk Rapids finally getting over that regional hump, getting that Did regional it. title, and into the state semifinals. So uh, they're in some uncharted ter- territory under Coach Nate Plum. And then we have down in Division Four, Leland, as I mentioned, with Gavin Miller and the Comets making their second run to the state semifinals in three years. Which one of these teams uh, have you guys, I guess, paid the most attention to on this run? Uh, and, you know, why do you think they're making their way downtown? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Elk Rapids. We, we we all agreed that maybe the regional wasn't as tough as it was in years past, so it would have been a huge letdown if they hadn't locked it up. Having said that, it, until you win that title and the, the years they've had heartbreak there, uh, that's got to take a toll mentally. Is like, can we do this? Are we capable of doing this? And yes, they were and are and did, but until they actually defeated Shelby was... So for Elk Rapids to do what they did, bringing home that regional title in <laughs> unanimous 6 nothing fashion, not letting Shelby get on the board, and that's been a, a Shelby team that has put up some fights in this soccer postseason, so that wasn't going to be an, a walkover victory. Uh, you know, Elk Rapids is showing, and you can kind of see it. We've talked for years past on this podcast about how, you know, every year they're in contention, they're in contention. They have all three fights. This team this year just felt, balanced top to bottom d- defense goalie to offense every every single piece on that on that grass on that pitch really felt like they were contributing to to what was going on and uh and a big reason obviously they have some phenomenal scores on the team phenomenal uh goalkeeper as well but th- this just group feels like they're locked in on the one the one you know message the one motivation and that seems to me very familiar to the Leland team from two years ago the Traverse City West team from last year that also made run to the state finals so to tie it in with the teams we're also about to talk about Elk Rapids now appears to have reached that that plateau of of where they want to be and and hopefully it keeps going a couple more games here yeah I mean you brought some of those guys up when you have guys like Jack Spencer and goal who's been there for a few years, has a lot of experience in that, has done a great job for the Elks over the years. Preston Ball's been a great store. Mason Travis has been such a good facilitator for that team. Spencer Ball's there as well. There's been a lot of guys who have made the Elks, you know, get over that hump this year. James, I know that you spent some time with Leland over the last week or so, and you you know, you saw quite a bit of their uh, playoff run here. What did you see different in contrast from the last couple of years when you, when you were covering them in the state playoffs? They rely a lot more on their defense. Than, than in previous years. I mean, they are just going to not allow you to score. And then, you know, we saw when they won the state title, 
two years ago, they had how many guys that scored like 15 goals or more? Yeah, I literally think it was, it was like, like five, six, six, yeah, five or six. Or yeah. Something like that. I mean, they don't have that kind of firepower. They only won that state final one to nothing. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have that kind of firepower that they did in 18. But I think their defense may be even better. Um, they've really concentrated on that. And Gavin Miller is just incredibly confident in goal for them as well. I mean, him being a starter there for now three whole years at the very least. I, I, was it for? Is it for? I think for he him? at least played some. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think the he started starter. some at, yeah. the, at the very least, but at least three full years he's been starting in net for a state championship caliber team. I'm glad we got to have him on as our guest today and kind of He's pick one his of those two when he was a freshman, he probably looked like a senior. And he's like, oh, that's cool. They're senior. Oh, you're Joe, you're just an underclassman. Okay, wow. So now it's like you've been here four years. He's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a compliment for high school sports. College sports is a negative. <laughs> and then, I mean, you bring up guys like, I mean, J.J. Pop, he's been just a great defender for Leland for a couple of years now. Now he's running that center back, kind of being that quarterback on the defense uh, on the back end of the field with Gavin there. And then Ryan Howard, I wanted to bring him up. When I saw their game against Glen Lake a couple of weeks ago, Ryan Howard was man-to-man tagged on Henry Plumstead, who, you know, we think is probably one of the best scorers it's in this in this area. It has to be. Yeah. And uh, shut him down completely, and it was, you know, impressive. Just they have more than, you know, one or two guys in that defensive back end who are very athletic, and I think James brings it up in our interview with Gavin. They are a very quick and very endurance-based team. Uh, they do very well conditioning, and they have a lot of, you know, a lot of the guys are small and quick and can uh, get around the field and on that defensive back end without letting balls get through the lanes. Yeah, they're, they're good at – the defense is very good in support. You know, they don't allow the team to have good you – know, the opposition to have good lanes and make a lot of passes in a row. And it's just uh, usually when one guy gets does get beat, there's somebody right there behind them. They just have the, that – they have the defense layered right, you know, so that it, it's really difficult to get through. And I mean, I know Brandon Wheeler will say it time and time again. They believe that defense wins championships out at Leland, and it's paid off already in the last couple of years. So the parallel that he drew was, I believe they had 14 shutouts in 2018. They already had 13 when they shut out Glen Lake uh, just last week. And then obviously what they've done over the last couple of days has just kind of boosted their, you know, their confidence as we spoke about. So it'll be interesting to see if Leland can make it back to that state final, especially they're going to be you know, playing against a foe who knocked them out last year in the regional uh, game. So that's going to be another interesting. We actually have some really good matchups in that first uh, semi or in the first round of semifinals with Traverse City West playing Troy Athens, which is a rematch of the Division One state final last year, which went into overtime. Although it was a four to one score, you know, it went into overtime and then they just piled on the goals there in that first overtime. And then you know, Leland it's having to take on Grand Rapids Calvin Christian. You know, these are going to be awesome games for us to see this week. Year. Yeah, we're gonna have, they're going to be awesome games to see this week. I mean, I'm going down to Holt Wednesday for Traverse City West against Troy Athens, which I think that this Traverse City West team is different than last year. That aura around I think this you team. Can argue they're better. Yeah, I think so. It's just weird to think, especially you know, I don't want to be that guy, but we rarely see our division, our Traverse City D1, exactly. D2 schools make runs like this to the finals, much less back-to-back years in a row. And kind of dominating yeah. right now. Like that's what I was paying attention to because you know they didn't have soccer rankings this year. We kind of did like arbitrary ones off max preps we talked about. They're like ranked eighth in the nation, and we're like, okay, where do you get this from? And no, but seriously, you know, we have watched them and watched we them. Challenge the Rhode Island State champs when this is all said and done. But when you look at you look at last year and the, the the goals, even just from Traverse City Central last year, right? I think Traverse City Central still put up like seven goals on Traverse City in three games last year. They outscored them Not fourteen this to zero this year. <laughs> like I, I looked. Wasn't it fifteen? Wasn't it five nothing each time? No, it was five five four. Oh, okay. Um, but regardless. They, you know, they, they, they just, with the next biggest school in the area, just completely dominated them. They have not lost a game since the first game of the season. Last year, it was, they went like 1-4-1 and one to start the season, and then they went on their run. Well, and this probably won't play that big of a factor, but I kind of wonder with all th- three of these matchups, Northern Michigan schools versus downstate schools, keep in mind those schools probably didn't start on time, whereas yep. all three of ours did, so they've been playing two weeks longer Again, or at least has two, a little bit more two conditioning. Two months ago, so yeah. I don't know how much that's really going to play a factor. And we ask Gavin. I find it interesting that it's the first year we've had three area teams make it this far. That also usually doesn't happen. So Yeah, and that's what, that's one of the things we're excited about. I mean, I still want to talk, like, just from last week, Traverse City West, North, like, they played Okemos last year, who was ranked number one last year. They played Okemos again this year. They won 1-0 to zero 
against Okemos last year. Okemos definitely worse this year. <laughs> but still, when you see them go into the same spot in the playoffs and then win six to zero over still a good Okemos Cal- similar caliber district. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. that's how it, when it gets yeah, down there, that's just how it is. District, yeah. I mean, and I would say I still think Okemos was probably better than Mona Shores. Uh, when it came down to watching a couple of games uh, last weekend, but still, well, yeah, I left you at the at the half of the Okemos West game and still won nothing. Yeah, so yeah, it changed a lot from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony Gallegos was just on fire on Thursday, like whatever he wanted to do, he was just able to just ball was on his feet. I mean, both you saw. I think you got the goal when you were there on the first one. Tuesday when he had like a what a forty yard um, yeah bomb. <laughs> he did it again on Thursday, and you're like. Man, this kid's pretty good at soccer, dude. You don't see anybody making those long off the post well, shots from the forty one that yards had the out. Clutch goal against uh, Novi in the semifinal last year. Yeah, James and I were at the go-ahead goal, I believe, in in overtime. And, right? Okay, or was it the tying? Goal? Hold on, I got to bring he it up. Yeah, one of those. He had one of the big. Yeah, yeah. The two big goals. And that I think was he had one because they were down one. They were down a goal, so they yeah. tied it and then went ahead. I think. Blackport had the other I think Blackport one. Blackport did have the other one. Yeah, the game-winning yeah. one. So. All right, I just have to make a joke because uh, the lead to my story for Tony Gallegos last week was, like, everybody wanted to know what he ate for breakfast. And, like, I asked but couldn't get the information. I got the information at midnight that night. Dunkin' Donuts. He had three eggs over easy, refried beans, and two pieces of cinnamon toast. So that's and who's the, the breakfast of champion. Micah Gallegos, his dad. Dad, okay. That's fine. It's in the in the yes. same house, so I yes. believe it. I'm assuming he's the one who made it. If it was just some TC West student, I'd be like, Psh, "But Pop Tarts, come on!" But they, uh, you know, I mean, Traverse City West looks good. Gavin Michael really hasn't even had to like explode yet in the playoffs, and we know he can score four goals in a game easy. Yeah, you know he's, what I'm saying? A, he's a Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the I think the big differences between this year and last year is that Gavin Michael has really emerged as one of those, giving them another top flight scorer. Um, up top with you know with Gallegos and Blackport and all those guys too. I mean, we talked about it just yesterday. Finn Durbin is like a JJ Pop in that center back on the defense, so aggressive. I mean, it seems like Finn Durbin just well, he scores goals for, all the they time. They use him for free kick opportunities. Yeah, he's yeah, got they a use leg his and a foot half. to their advantage. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he he finds himself for, as a defender in on headers and scoring goals on a regular. You know, and he just scored one against Mona Shores, just mm-hmm. coming off a couple of rebounds, found it on his foot on the back end, and lasered in from 30 or 40 yards. Or not, probably not that far that time. It was probably like 20 yards. But still, Finn Durbin is great on the back end for them. You know, and Blade Calflesh has been a great goalie for three years for them, too. He's yeah. been he's been as a Division One starting goalie for them for three years now. You know? I think they got what it takes. It's, it's kind of like hockey. You got to start with the goalie and work your way forward. Yeah. And I, uh, I th- Blake Helflish, I can tell you this much when I talked to him, and after seeing him with Mona Shores, he was screaming, punish them, because they were like, yeah, like, they want to, like, really win this. Like, not just, like, win, but, like, make a statement win. You know, it's not like some 1-0, we lost by three goals in overtime, and it's like, we want to win 5-0 to zero in the state title and do this. Um, I think the ferocity on the back end is going to help them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Is Blade still of the uh, top knot? Uh, no, he had his hair just down. Okay. But uh, he still got, he has still got a pretty good flow going. I mean, speaking of flow, that, Here's I mean. the flow of the week? Yeah, no, actually, it's not. I, we're gonna, I'm we're gonna move into football here and talk about the flow of the week. James, you uh, had a photo that you posted on Twitter because you were so enamored. Who was it from Grayling? Uh, ben Gonzalez. Well, congratulations to Ben Gonzalez here. I nominated him for the uh, best, the flow of the week. Win our head and shoulders flow of the week. Yeah, head and shoulders yeah. flow of the week. I wish we were sponsored by nine I more people. I wish they were still in business anymore. And Hunter Eventline actually had like long cornrows. Oh, really? Like, braided. Coming out of the helmet. See, I'm amazed you even catch these because it's football. They're wearing the helmets. So it's like soccer. It's easy to see. Yeah, James is, James is definitely. Well, I was taking pictures on the sidelines, so I was. Okay, so let's transition to talking to a little bit of football. We're not going to dive too much into it because we know those week one matchups were a bit lopsided. And uh, we talked about it. At least at Thoroughby, I posed a question last week. Where do we think was going to be the largest margin of victory, the biggest lopsided win? I believe I took Central. James and Andrew both took West last week. It ended up being St. Francis. They won. What was it? Sixty-five to seven. Yeah, sixty-five Somewhere to seven. So they yeah. won by fifty-eight. Traverse City Central won sixty to six. So they won by fifty-four, and then Traverse City West won by fifty-two points. I mean, when you get that high, like I get you guys had a bet go- or a little wager, you know, between pods bet, but they all crushed their. Opponents. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, we. I was just wondering. No, that nobody just, underwhelmed. In no, that's just us. That's game. just us telling you guys that they destroyed everybody, and we had to find some way to make it interesting. 
Yeah, it was so who had St. Francis? West was fifty-one Francis. To nothing at halftime. No, who had St. Francis? No one. We none of us oh, picked St. Francis. I guess we, I, we must, didn't do three. I must have had them. Oh yeah, the silent, the silent majority, or silent minority. Sorry, I had to have had them. Now, uh, I mean, James, you told me something yesterday that was really interesting about those first round of playoffs. Everybody got in this year. We know we saw a bunch of zero and six or one and six against five and zero teams. We knew we were gonna have some pretty lopsided games, but what James told me was uh, a bit surprising. Yeah, there was two hundred and fifty-eight games this week, uh, only 70 of which were decided by less than three touchdowns. Which, eek. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Then there was 16 forfeits. So you were only four times as likely to go to a game that would be even remotely close as to show up to a game that wasn't being played. Yeah. So I would say this is definitely the only year that that happens. And interestingly, like most of the forfeits were in Divisions 7 and 8. A lot of the smaller, smaller schools, schools, small schools, road trips. Not a lot of players to begin with. Yep, and then we have another forfeit coming this week already too. Yeah, Frankfurt. 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 Frankfurt's already forfeited to Johannesburg Lewiston because of a COVID outbreak. I I got a weird feeling that some I've probably talked to you guys about some some good team, whether it's up here or downstate, some, some couple good teams probably going to be affected by this. I'll just I'll just bring this up one real quick time. I can't remember the teams right now, but. We brought it up last week. I said, statistically speaking, like the NCAA tournament, there has to be one crazy upset that happened last week, right? And there was. Um, I, yeah, some team won their first ever football literally, game. Literally, not the first, for, first ever playoff game in program history yeah. and beat top seeded 6-0, and like Gross Point South or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was it. That's uh, where I was uh, over the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it was, yeah, Gross Point South got beat by, I can't remember who, Um but it was top seed, bottom seed, 0-6, and 6-0, and they won by a touchdown, 35-27. to So it happened. But to me, I just don't think the week should probably ever come back, and I hope it never has to. No. It, well, if we return to nine-week regular seasons, it won't. James said, you know, there might have been some rumors swirling or maybe some potential of talking of keeping it like this. I don't know. I haven't heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. James was starting the rumors. I wouldn't, the, I wouldn't, the be, only, su- I wouldn't be surprised the, if the MHSA did it just as a way to make more money. The only reason you do it, okay, besides the money, is to just give the teams a 10th game. Nobody actually thinks it's necessary to include the 0-5 team that pulled the fluke upset there. They do with every <laughs> other sport, though. The certainty of a national championship. They well, do with no, every other sport. Because it's there's, easier, because you can play multiple games a week. You right. don't have to take six weeks to play your playoff. Yeah. Um, but football, you need the full week to prep. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Um, and it ca- created the specialty. You felt like you did something by getting a playoff spot, just like getting a bowl game in college. Oh, yeah, we're 6-6, six and six, all right. But nobody else has that. That's, <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, I understand. There's not another sport in the MHSA that has that. included, but I. Even 0-19 hockey teams make the playoffs. Yeah, but if you play a full nine-game regular season, is it, are the teams really clamoring for one more? Possibly. The I ones think that are just kind of wanting to go off in the sunset, like some of them just did by forfeiting games anyways? I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. If it happens, fine, whatever. But then, yeah, that trend will continue. We're going to continue seeing blowout scores in the first round of the playoffs. And it was Oak I Park. Would pr- Oak Park? Oak Park beat uh, Gross Point South. Okay, at least I got one of the teams they right. They came in 0-6. Oh oh yep. Yeah. So it happened. But yeah, it's once. obviously yeah one but out of two hundred and fifty eight games. About any Friday update? Well, yeah, <laughs> one out of two hundred and fifty eight. All I'm saying is, I want the finals to be back at Ford Field Thanksgiving weekend. So if they can time it out that they get the extra playoff week, and that's what happens, fine. But I don't want to go into December in future years and not be a Ford Field Thanksgiving weekend should be a thing that teams have strived to do forever or Silverdome, whatever, and they should continue to have that opportunity that weekend. I'm sure they will. Uh, just a little update. You bring that up, and just because I, I did get into it with Jeff Kimmerly over the weekend. Um, you got into it, eh? Well, I mean, he just talked, and uh, told he, told me, he told me about the football playoffs, and as of right now, the MHSA is still, like, holding that decision for the actual finals at Ford Field, per se, or the Uper Dome, per se, uh, Don't they have to have that stuff booked a couple no, of weeks in advance? No, but the thing, I'm, but the reason why I say per se is because the 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 hint that I got, which could not be confirmed, is that there, there's no way it happens at Ford Field. But the way that it's going now is that the, all the way through the semifinals for football, they are are making it home games for the higher seeded team, unless the game is 200 over two hundred miles. Yeah. So normally those semifinals are played at neutral sites, yeah. but that won't be happening. They still are not sure where they're playing the football finals this year. They probably, still are not going to announce that for a couple of weeks. Similar sites as semifinals. 
good turf fields that are but that's still central locations for teams to travel. Yeah, but the majority of the semifinals aren't going to be in neutral sites. And they, you know, they brought it up that's going to be really tough because that is Thanksgiving weekend this year. And trying to ask a neutral site host to host a playoff game on Thanksgiving weekend is like double ass. Well, no, the finals would be December. I'm talking about the semifinals for yeah. neutral sites. But you just said a majority of teams are going to host. No, yeah, they're supposed to. Um, but what you just said is that they're going to find sites like the semifinals. Similar to semifinals in years past. But yeah, exactly. Point. But that's Not my point. It'll be. It's still going to be tough trying to find teams to host. Because we got to remember, this is in December. We're in Traverse City. We got snow last night. We're a whole month. Yeah. Old. We're a whole I got, month. I got bad news for everybody. Thurlby Field ain't hosting a state championship game. <laughs> well, but I'm saying we're a whole month away from as the state finals. As much as we finals. love it, they're not hosting a state championship game up here. You know, or a whole month from state finals. Yeah, but keep in mind, November and December, the weather up here. Yeah, we get snow, but it doesn't like cling. January and February are the months where it just lingers and is a problem. Yeah, it's I mean, usually pretty containable in this early part of the season. It usually snows right on this date. Anyways, Having said that, Thurlby Field is not hosting a state finals. Who knows? They did just put new turf on that field, and they hey, might try to I do didn't it. think Michigan State was going to win the football game. I would love to be proven <laughs> wrong. Maybe if I keep acting like I'm right and I'm proven wrong, I'll get what I want. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for the Pulse. That's sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's go ahead and dive into that interview with Leland Goalkeeper and senior Gavin Miller. We sat down with him earlier on Monday and had a great chat about this playoff run. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in senior goalkeeper for the Leland Comets, Gavin Miller. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gavin. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I know you guys are in the midst of a huge run here in soccer. It seems like something you've been a part of the last few years. But before we start talking about your season and you as an athlete, we got to get to know you a little bit. And we're going to dive into the Freaky Fast Five with five rapid-fire questions sponsored by our people over there at Jimmy John's. First one, do you believe in Bigfoot? Uh, no. Not even the, uh, the Northern Michigan dog man? <laughs> I haven't seen any signs of him, so... <laughs> Uh, what place would you seek shelter at during the zombie apocalypse? Probably my house, to be honest. Are you guys out in the out in the woods, kind of secluded? Yeah, we are pretty secluded. Mm-hmm. That's nice. You just put up like a fence around the property, live off the land forever. Yeah, <laughs> I would exactly. Say, I would say Meyer. Okay, okay. So how about this? Since since you don't leave your house, what are the five things that you have to stock up on at your house for the zombie apocalypse? Probably food, firewood, uh, propane. Got to cook that steak. <laughs> yeah, steak too. <laughs> I would think yeah. some. I would think some weapons. Yeah. More than likely. Can I say that. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. It's okay. okay yeah. We're talking about we're talking about a fictitious zombie apocalypse. Well, yeah. We hope yeah. that is always fictitious. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, weapons. I think I think if we're out in the woods with weapons and a perimeter, you'd be all right. Oh yeah. All right. And so. Events. Or do you have any? Do you have like a tree for it? Anything that you guys hunt out of, you can just like get in the woods and pick them all yeah. off. Yeah, we actually do it on the back of our property. We have a playhouse. We call it for when we were younger. Okay, so this is kind of a fun question. Which animal would you think is the best type of president if if the animal kingdom ever rises up and takes over? Lion. Mufasa vibes. I'm down. Yeah, that's what I thought of when you said that. As long as it's not a Detroit Lion. (laughs) I don't know if we've got anybody in that organization running anything. (laughs) What's the the best place to eat at Leelanau County? Probably the uh, Riverside's got good food, or the Bluebird. They have pretty good food. Oh, yeah. Well, since we're on the topic of food, I'm going to ask the last and always existential question. Is a hot dog a sandwich, Gavin? Uh, I don't think it is. We could argue for this for days. I think we've done this before. I, I think we've done this before. I don't think it is either, but there's well, a lot it's of It's one of those things. That <laughs> I, I, I can see it going either way, but it, like, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know who it does matter? Do you know who it does matter to? Our friends over at Jimmy John's. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive into the rest of this Sweet. interview with Gavin. Uh, we have plenty to talk about, obviously. We're going to dive right into this run this the thick of this soccer run that you guys are in you guys are on to the semifinals once again i know you were on that team a couple of years ago uh and made that uh run all the way to the state finals got yourself a ring what is the you know similarity or what is the attitude this year comparatively to where you guys were before 
Well, I think in 2018, we also we had a solid defense, and we also have a solid defense this year. The grit to win, I feel like, gets us to where we are, and we want to come home with a win every game. So, uh, What would you say makes this team different? And, you know, in your senior year, you guys have had quite a bit of experience together now at this point. Well, we've been playing together for a lot of years, like since we were little, and we, we know how to read each other. So I think that helps a lot with us playing soccer as Leland. It's a brotherhood, and we start young together. So I think that helps a lot with brotherhood because we're close and we're brothers since I can remember when we started. Now that has to come into play in games like the uh, you know penalty kick shootout that you uh, won in this last one. Can you kind of go through your emotions uh, in such a high-stakes moment, you know, your senior year, and it's basically you versus the other team? We were all excited to be able to win that game and have another shot at the regional finals. In the, in the, uh, the West Michigan Christian game, kind of pretty much everybody cited the, it was your guys' fitness that kind of helped you turn the tide in that game and kind of start taking over in the second half after they kind of, uh, territorial at least, I think, kind of for the a good part of the first half kind of dominated. But um, what is the what is the workout regimen for you guys that, that keeps you that fit? Well, in the beginning of the season, the coach has us run a lot, like doing man use, uh, 1441s, IRs. That's where we run around the complex. And, and then when it comes to playoffs and we have a little gap, he also runs us. And throughout the year, I think that helps a lot with fitness because uh, – like that other team was getting tired and we kept pressing on them so i think that helps a lot in games is being fit what's the worst one and united's probably i'd what, say what do those consist of and you you start at 30 30 you have to run down in 30 seconds come back in 30 seconds and then you have to run down in 29 and come back in 31 seconds and then we go all the way down to 15 and you have to make it back so it's pretty it's pretty hard. Now, um, uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about you. I know you've been a goalkeeper for quite a while. Um, I mean, you know, the last few years we've seen you in net. What led you into that uh, part of the soccer team, and uh, how have you kind of melded into that role for the Leland Comets over the last three, four years? Well, I've played goalie for a long time, like when we did travel and other stuff, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, our coach, Brandon Wheeler, he also, like, taught me everything I know. So... It's kind of fun because you know like all this stuff and you know it well because he was a semi-pro goalie. So, and it's a big role to play for your team, and I enjoy it. I want to talk. I, I want to bring it up anyways for basketball. I know uh, you've been a three-point shooting in the corner, just you know marksman for the comments over the last few years. Uh, how excited are you for another basketball season here in your last uh, year? I'm I'm really excited. Our team, I think, is going to be pretty solid. Uh, we have that chip on our shoulder because we didn't get to finish our season the way we wanted because it was canceled. I'm excited because we all want to play, and I think we're going to be a solid team, and we're all going to step up this year as seniors. That now, I mean, let's get let's get back to soccer. You guys get down in these late stages of the playoffs, and you guys have this type of experience. I mean, this exact stage where you're at right now, you guys have been the last few years. What has the culture at Leland, you know, fed into that? How do you guys continually reach that point? Well, in the beginning of the year, well, our expectation is usually to win the district every year, and once we get win that, we want to go as far as we can. And I think winning these games is a great thing for the program because all the little kids are going to be watching us play and they're going to see that and they're going to want to make it that far so I think that's also helping the program with winning like two years apart regionals winning regionals two years apart I think it's a great thing and uh we have high expectations at Leland so I remember yeah I remember after the first time you guys won the state championship you guys kind of talked about like making a little mark on the map up there in the, in the tip of the, you know, the pinky of Michigan. Uh, do you feel that you guys have done that over the last couple of years? How have teams approached you guys after, you know, winning a state title and, you know, getting back to where you are? Yeah, I think that uh, helped a lot because the year 2019 when we played, every team was after us. They wanted to beat us. I mean, defending state champs, they definitely know about us now. And especially making this run this year, I think that's also going to let them know that we have high expectations and we're not. We're a solid team. Um, so you guys are playing uh, Granville Calvin Christian on Wednesday um, down in Kentwood, and uh, they were the team that knocked you guys out last year in regionals. Um, what do you have planned for them this time around? Well, they're a pretty solid team. Um, I think 
us seniors and juniors that played last year and sophomores are going to want to win that game more because of how they knocked us out early last year. And I think it's going to be a battle defensively. I want to talk about your guys' defense a bit. Obviously, I know you have J.J. Pop back there. Um, you, I mean, you've had some pretty good center backs the last couple of years. I know uh, Owen Carrick mm-hmm. was, was pretty good for you. Having J.J. back there, he's probably one of the more aggressive center backs I've seen in the last few years. Uh, what is your guys' defensive philosophy, especially with you being a vocal leader on the back end? Um, we just try to keep that zero every game, and I just have great defense. Like, the whole back line is just so good, and – we just want to keep that zero and get that shutout for us. I think uh, Coach Wheeler told me you guys had uh, like 12 or 13, I think I looked up. Um, what what type of pride do you guys take in that? I know he, he said the year you guys won the state championship, it was kind of a similar uh, number. I think it was 14 that you guys actually had by the end of the year. How much pride do you guys take in putting zeros on the board for the other team? We take a lot of pride in it because I think it says a big thing about your defense when you have that zero. Well, and you guys – you guys put up shutouts with your defense. I mean, a lot of teams will put up shutouts just because their offense is so much better than the other teams that the other team just doesn't get the ball. Um, but you mm-hmm. guys actually can sit back and play defense as well. I mean, uh, you know, Calvin Christian, you know, they, they have a lot of games. I think they've only allowed two goals in like two or three games this season, but most of their games are also five or six to nothing. So I don't know how much their defense actually has to play. Yeah, they have a – we don't know much about them. Us guys don't. I don't know if our coach does or not, but it looks like they they have – it sounds like they have a solid defense or a really good offense. We're not sure, but we're going to have to come out and play. And I know we have a solid defense, so it's going to be a defensive battle, I think. Yeah, I hear from a lot of soccer players and coaches in this stage of the playoffs that they are just kind of they, – they have to play their brand of soccer. They have to play their game. Is that how you guys approach it out there? Yeah, we – before the game, we always we always think about what our job is and what we have to do, and we go out and execute it. And I think that helps with us on the defense and offense. Mm-hmm. What what kind of game is more fun for you? An eight to nothing game or a one to nothing game? I like a close game after we win. It feels really good to win that close game when it's been a battle the whole match. So I'd probably go one zero. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what goes through the mind of a goalie um, during a penalty kick shootout like you had with West Michigan Christian in the in the regionals. Well, you just got to be confident in yourself. And I feel like if you're confident, you can come up with some saves. And you can't be, you can't be nervous because then I feel like you're going to think twice about it so you do something you don't want to do. So I think you just got to be confident. And I was confident when we went to PK shootout, so... Mm-hmm. Is it just kind of a guessing game? Is it literally like I'm jumping left now, or do you try to read off the foot? I, I try to read off the foot and their body, and like what way they're going. Would you say that's that, how I? Would you say it's easy to fake you out? I know obviously we saw what you do, but I don't know how often you practice. Would you say it's easy to fake you out? Yeah, I'm not like the best at PKs, uh, or I'm not the best at reading someone. So I'd say it's not that hard to fake me out, but. Now, uh, I, I, one other question about PKs. I mean, how when you're just laying out, you know, you just do like a Superman full layout. Uh, you're lay, jumping out in the air. How much is that? Uh, how much does that hurt when you hit the ground? I don't feel any pain just because of like, like I'm just so excited to be there. Well, I'm nervous but confident at the same time, and you don't. I feel like you don't feel really any pain because once you get a save or they miss it, it feels like good. It's just that energy. Yeah, that energy, you just don't feel pain. At least I don't. And what does it say about Northern Michigan soccer that uh, that we have three teams in the uh, in the semifinals on Wednesday? Yeah, I think uh, it shows that the teams downstate should respect us a little more because we do have solid programs up here and we do a lot of travel. And I think it's great for up here in Northern Michigan to have three teams going down. I know uh... – you know, this year, the teams here in northern Michigan did get a little bit of a head start on a lot of the teams downstate, um, even if it was just a few games, but at least got to practice together um, a few weeks earlier. Do you think that guy that benefited you guys at all here in this late playoff run? Uh, I don't know. I think I think we just have solid teams, but it probably helped a little bit to be able to start early and get reps in. A little bit extra conditioning. 
yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. that's what we did yeah, I'm sure in those in those times you weren't even allowed to use like use a ball, so you guys were probably just running back and forth doing those uh, man use. Yeah. <laughs> so who's the best athlete in your family? Oh, um, <laughs> I have to say my dad, so I don't start any fights. <laughs> back in the day when he played. <laughs> we like hot takes here on the get around. We could label we could label it as a hot take, and then yeah. we can't get in that much trouble for it, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Who's the better of the siblings? Hopefully me. <laughs> like, Only like, time will like, tell. Like who wins in a in a one on one game between you and Garrett for basketball? He'd probably win, just because he's older. What about in PKs? <laughs> Do you think you'd be able to stop him in PKs? Yeah, probably. See, it's trade offs. You always get, yeah. you got to beat your older brother at something. Yep, that's true. <laughs> right. Alrighty. Well, Gavin, thank you so much for joining us here at the Get Around. We had a great time chatting with you, finding out a little bit more about the Leland Commons and what is hopefully a state title run for you guys. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Another huge thank you to Gavin for stopping by and chatting with us here at the Get Around. We wish... The Leland Comets, the Traverse West Titans, and the Elk Rapids Elks. All the best in the semifinals this week. You know, always like to see state cha state championships brought back to northern Michigan. And especially, it seems like, after listening to that, with Gavin, they want to make northern Michigan a blip on the map in the soccer world. And it seems like this year it might happen. I if think, we have... I don't want to jump ahead of Gavin, but I think they are, especially this season, they already have. Right, so but that, further reinforcing that—that's a good way to look at it. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. Let's dive into our chatter that matters, gentlemen. And this is some news that came out last week. James did a little story on it, but uh, you know, even with coronavirus numbers spiking, the MHSAA announced that they plan on having winter sports start on time and with masks just like the rest of the sports have been, uh, including basketball and wrestling. When it comes to bowling, uh, you know, they can wear, only have to wear them when they're, you know, sitting down or basically not on the lane. Uh, same thing with... Which I don't get. Is it really that big? A, if if we got to wear them for the other sports, is it really that big a deal to keep it on for bowling? I think it's more or less that they just know there's no contact, so they're trying to, you know, draw straws where they can. They can take it off while they're... While they're bowling, it's just they got to keep it on while they're milling around in between shots. I do. I just think that the that MHSA is trying to fight, give people those little wins here and there. But of all those things, that seems difficult. <laughs> and we're gonna get into it with wrestling, especially yeah. uh, to wear a mask while bowling probably isn't gonna affect you too bad. Probably not. But we are seeing quite a bit of questions from basketball coaches, wrestling coaches. Those are the two big ones. Hockey. They're going to be doing face shields more like football did. Yeah, that could uh, work. Bubbles are on their cages just across their mouth, which or cloth or whatever. They're going to be doing it like that. Uh, that seems like it isn't too big of an issue. But like you guys said, I'd, wrestling with masks just sounds so incredibly hard to keep that happening. Uh, or keep that on. I mean, they, they, they have headgear that a lot of time gets ripped off in the middle of a match, let alone a face mask. What do you, what do you fellas think? For, yeah, for wrestling, it's just going to be incredibly difficult. I mean, just getting it to stay on. I mean, it's it's a full contact sport. And That's more than full contact. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I just don't, I just don't see how yeah. that stays on. And you know, do you have to stop the match every time that somebody's mask comes off? Yeah, like what if you're it's, pinned on the mat and you're like, oh man, I'm about to get, I'm about to get pinned. It'd be like pro wrestling. It'd be a disqualification. Yeah, then yeah, is, is there a penalty for your mask repeatedly coming off? They you know, like they think you're trying to stall, use it as a stalling tactic. I don't know, and wrestling is one sport that I could really see issues with it, with people passing out and not being able to breathe properly. Because it's not that it's not like you're watching UFC where people are in like triangle choke headlocks, but it gets to that. You're going full and board, yeah, man. like, you, <sighs> and it's a very intense. I mean, I mean, it's you know two minute Sweating. periods, I, but it's very yeah. in, those two two minute periods are very intense. I'm pretty sure that almost any athlete would tell you that that is probably the most intense two minutes in all of sports. Is is a is a wrestler around like wrestling? A track me, uh, four hundred meters, eight hundred meters. I, I don't know if you guys have ever. I know I used to be a wrestler. I don't know if you've ever actually just like wrestled another human being of comparable size and weight. That is a task. Right. 
two people actually trying to wrestle each other, that is a task. You gonna we gonna get up sweating and breathing and huffing and puffing, and your shirt ripped off. Like who knows? Yeah. So Rusty Nyland said they were gonna try to do some things with uh, maybe trying to fasten the a mask onto the wait what's onto re- headgear. What's Wrestling Island? Rusty, Rusty Nyland. Nyland. Oh. <laughs> oh my God! I have. I, I have to keep that in the. I, I have thought, to keep that in. I thought you meant that was like a, a rankings page, <laughs> WrestlingIsland.net or something. Oh my that's gosh! Like, it's like Fight Island. Yeah, that's what oh. I thought. I was like, so yeah, are they? Yeah, did they jump off the UFC Fight Island, Wrestling Island? Yeah. Oh yes, that's great. That is good. <laughs> but what's Rusty trying to do? <laughs> oh, they were going to see if they could try to uh, attach the the face masks to the headgear or or put them on underneath the headgear to you know have the headgear kind of help keep them on. You know, other coaches were just like, yeah, the, we're just going to, the first couple of weeks of wrestling is just going to be a big experiment to figure out how yeah. we can do this. Experiment. Yeah. I don't think gators or like anything like that would work. Trial and error. Um, there might be one one area. Gators You need might. to put them in full bank robber masks. That's like the only way to make that work. God, that would be hot. Maybe we're oh, yeah. No, you it. can't do it. But that's like the only way to ensure something's going to stay even then on their face. Even then it wouldn't. Well, with the headgear on top of the bank robber yeah. mask. Bank I'm thinking you can mask. get a lot of money and get a lot of pinfalls with those on for sure. Now, uh, I mean, let's talk a little bit about basketball. I mean, we know basketball is a pretty high-intensity sport. That basketball would... and soccer kind of remind me a lot of each other. The only advantage soccer players have is they're outdoors. Yeah, and but I think about basketball, and like, in some ways I think basketball is a closer contact sport than football. You know, there is no equipment between you. You're, no, you're not wearing a helmet with like a spit guard or anything, you know. You're not wearing full pads or whatever it may be. Football, you know, you have contact for 8 to 12 seconds at a time, you know, and then you go back. Basketball, I mean, you know, 24-second shot clock, you might be, you know, with your arm on somebody's back while they're, you know, backing down on the post for 18 seconds at oh, yeah, a time, the, sweat on yeah. sweat, and body have, on body. And you have bare arms, bare legs. Yeah, ignoring, so, yeah ignoring, skin the, contact. ignoring the breathing aspect of it, which I know people are most concerned about as they should be. Yeah, the touching aspect in basketball has got to be the worst. Well, besides wrestling. Yeah. Um, of any, any MHSA sport. Mandatory zone defense. Well, that that all I'm saying. All, Stay all, in your box. <laughs> all I'm saying is that I understand in that respect why masks are, you know, need to be worn. Like it's such, like they're both such high. They have to be the highest risk of sports. Those two, out of any of the sports that the MHSA sponsors, regardless if they don't put. I think they have to put basketball at high risk. I'm not 100 percent sure if they have. You know. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, those, it has those to Those two, yeah. yeah if it's not high risk, risk, if it's not high risk, then they're nerfing it. <laughs> but it should be high risk, and it it's going to be tough. It really is. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of the coaches that I talked to had said, you know, you know we're going to have to figure something out with the game flow, too, because they're like, we're going to need more timeouts because these kids are going to need to change these masks. And they've already worked that into football and everything. Saturated. They've worked that into football, so I'm sure that'll happen in basketball. You know, they, they have the extra minute and a half on the end of quarters right now in football, an extra timeout uh, for both teams from the officials at either half. Um, same thing with a few of the other sports. They're able, you know, with volleyball and stuff, they have a few of those other little breaks built in. It's three minutes mm-hmm. instead of, like, a minute or something like that in between stuff now. So, um, and even during warm-ups, they're giving him a little bit more time to warm up and such. I'm sure that'll happen, but... Man, it doesn't keep the face mask on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's been some teams that have kind of found a way to make it work one way or the other. I know a lot of volleyball teams have gotten personalized masks made that they've been able to wear. TC yeah, Christian. I don't, think, I don't think any of us are really worried about volleyball besides the fact no, that No, no, I'm just saying I'm just using them as examples of what's already happened. Like these teams have already come together and gotten masks together. I mean, TC Christian you know, Micah Gallegos is just providing surgical masks like left and right, like it's candy for all the people at his school and all the Should kids. Treat. Uh, exactly. If if you need a new mask in the middle of the timeout, let's go. You know, when Bing Bang, I mean, some of them are creating their own masks and figuring out ways that it actually works for them. So I'm sure that everybody's going to, but I just know that this is going to be tougher than I think the fall season when it comes to the, well, the masks. And I mean, I think there's still a giant cloud looming over all of this. Is is if this stuff is going to get off the ground at the right time. Because yeah. we can't ignore the yeah. elephant in the room that everything is spiking worse than mm-hmm. it did when everything started. And we're going into winter, which means it's not coming back down anytime soon. And no like, one's going to be outside. Everything's yeah, there's indoors. no realistic way to drop these numbers unless you do another shutdown. Is that going to happen? I don't know. But how else do you avoid spikes in numbers? 
you get I'm no scientist, I'm no doctor, but you can't in the current months that we're heading into. Yeah. So I, I hope for the best that these games all get played and all these kids get their seasons in, but we can't ignore the fact that we've been here before and we know what happened the first time. I just be I know I'd, I would be devastated for all of those kids if winter sports gets another just huge hit. You know, because man, the, the playoff dead in the middle of basketball playoffs last year, chop. I think it was literally the night of district finals, wasn't it? It was for regional boys. finals for girls yeah. the night before. And district for boys. boys. District, yeah. Yeah, just like I, I can't imagine. So I know that well, once we again, still got, still got multiple weeks of football to go. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody is gonna be all in on it, but I know it's gonna be just as tough, if yeah. not harder, than it has been. Well, look at how many football games we've seen canceled already. I mean, there were 16 in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and it, honestly, it's gotten just worse as of late. It wasn't yeah. the first, whatever, the first three, four weeks, we didn't see almost any cancellations because of COVID. Yeah. But now one we, had, school, we had three locally this week. Yeah, more And school. we have one already locally next week. Uh, For how many schools are back in session and have seen outbreaks, that's the biggest issue. Yeah. I, I mean, I was surprised Benzie was able to play that football game against Grayling. Did you say 16 people? Thir- 13. 13 kids were out. I mean, you know, most of them were quarantined. They, you know, they were just contact tracing and stuff. But they had 13 kids. I mean, out. as long as they made the right decisions, as far as who should and shouldn't have been on the field. Yeah, which the health department did that. Yeah, but 13 kids out, all starters. I mean, they were trotting out a mostly JV. So that explains why Grayling got the win back, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess I just wanted to. Uh, you know, get your guys' brains on that. It's something we haven't talked about on the podcast yet, and we always have some good back and forth. That was the Chatter That Matters, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We got to get into the Hall of Fame. One more rendition here. In episode 148, we're going to put another athlete into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. I know we got some good candidates this week. We have some great candidates this week. I know Harrison came in here locked and loaded with one and ready to go. Uh, So I'll let you go put your guy up first. I was hoping to go second. All right. That's fine. Um, I have a feeling he's not going to win, but I'm still going to make the argument for him as best I can. Uh, Not because he's not worthy of winning, but just because. You wouldn't have put him up if he wasn't. Other candidates uh, might statistically might look a little more impressive. Preston Ball, though, we talked about the Elk Rapids team. Great team all the way through, front to back. Everybody on that team is great. But lately, Preston Ball has been kind of the, the rever of that engine for the for the lineup. He had all three goals in the semifinal win over Okama Heights in the regional, and he had a goal and an assist in the finals victory on a Saturday over Shelby. He also had the only goal in the big TC Christian game for the district championship week before. I know we're a week-to-week award here, but just harping on the fact that Preston Ball has really been one of those carry carry me guys for a strong Elk Rapids team. I mean, it, it's a team sport, no doubt about it, but you need guys punching in goals individually to, to get advanced in the tournament, and that's what Preston's been doing. And, and I know we're going to compare him to maybe other top goal scorers of other teams, but for Preston and this team, as I mentioned at the start of the show, to bust through that wall, the regional title, I mean, that's that was a closet thing for them to get by. That wasn't a, as easy as it was for other teams in this situation at the moment. So for them to, to get through that and realize that goal – and to do it with leadership like Preston's, I, I think that at least earns him a nomination. I mean, you bring up big goal scorers and individuals being able to show up when they need to, and that's why I have to put up Traverse City West, Tony Gallegos. I brought him up a little bit earlier, but six goals. Three eggs and ham? What, what did he have? Uh, three eggs, refried beans, and some cinnamon toast. Refried that might be beans what has for to, breakfast? Maybe that should go into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That should be the, the breakfast of champions or the Hall of Fame, the, the breakfast Hall of Fame, of Hall of Fame uh, inductees. It might be after I tell you, you know, six goals in two Division One regional games. Uh, had two two goals in the Division One semifinal against Okemos, and also had an assist, and then went back and scored four goals in a five to one win over Muskegon Mona Shores on Thursday. Had two, like I said, just laser beam shots from somewhere between like 30 and 50 yards. One of them rang off the post and just kind of sent everybody. Then he scored like a minute later. Uh, he He's just been that fire, that spark for a Traverse City West team that looks, I think, better than they have in the last few years. And they're on that upward trajectory. I mean, we talked about Gavin Michael being that amazing scorer for them the majority of the season. And Tony Gallegos has kind of just he's taken just waiting, that over in this week. Exactly. For his chances. So this week, I think Tony Gallegos is weak, especially for the Hall of Fame. Like what about you, James? I'm going to put up. Uh, David Milliken from Grayling, you know, we talked about the, the Benzie the circumstances earlier in the, the Benzie game and everything, but he still had a, a monstrous game in that. Um, scored five touchdowns, which was one off the Grayling 
uh, school record. And uh, sounds like Delvin Cook in the first half. <laughs> ran twelve times for hundred and seventy-one yards. So pretty good average. Yeah, that's breaking some tackles. Got to be. Got to be. Got some, he's got some good speed, and, and he's what uh, year is he's he? A powerful runner too. A junior. Junior. So still got another year of Milliken. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, let's put up to a vote. That's a tough choice. Yeah, we got Preston Ball from Elk Rapids, Tony Gallegos from TC West, and David Milliken from Grayling. I'll go Gallegos. I'm also voting I don't for want to. Well, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I want sweep then. I, I want to I'll go, go for my guy. Six goals is pretty but, impressive. I mean, that breakfast is pretty nutritious. So six goals in in Division One, like in that. Regionals. Yeah, in regionals, like to send to the semifinals. Three hours away. I mean, West has only allowed three goals this entire postseason, and Tony Gallegos scored six in two games. So. They might be on to something. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Tony Gallegos, Traverse City West senior, striker. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame for your six goals last week. We got one more segment, boys, and that is our trifecta. This is always a fun one. Halloween is my favorite holiday, especially after Michigan State won. Made it double down, even though I didn't do anything because coronavirus and didn't even buy a new and costume this year. Yeah, I did that at my house, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't even buy a new costume this year is a big thing, which I never do. I always buy a new costume and always try to be something. Yeah, yeah, no party to show it off. Exactly. And I wasn't going to use my money if I didn't have to. But I wanted to ask you fellas. I don't know if anybody trick-or-treated. I know you said you were with your uh, I was escorting some your nieces or whatever. Yeah. So you obviously saw some costumes. I know we've seen plenty of funny ones online. I, I saw just a wanted... Scooby-Doo one. It made me think of you. Was, was it better than mine? Uh, you know, well, he's a little kid, so yes. Oh, but that means no. I mean, you probably have more detail to yours. Exactly. So, so no. that means no. Anyways, I wanted to ask what your guys, the best ones you guys saw this, this, uh, this year for Halloween was. I I like I I didn't go out for Halloween or anything. Obviously, I was working Saturday, but um, I liked uh, Steve Martin's costume. If you saw what he posted it on Twitter, he just uh, had uh, put a, a fly on his head and went as Mike Pence. It's pretty. <laughs> that good. works, and it's Steve Martin. So yeah. that silver fox looks just like mm-hmm. that silver fox. Same color, yeah. Story checks out. All right, what about you? You uh, had to have seen a lot of interesting ones with all the kids. You, you know, it with. wasn't it wasn't packed though, and I think that was part of. The discouragement of the the season or the the time right now is there there weren't that many out. Now having said that, everything was pretty safe. Candy was laid out on tables, thrown down shoots and whatnot, so no real contact was made. Uh, but props to my niece's other cousin on their side of the family. He was uh, Black Panther. So you know, I know Black Panther was popular before, but in a weird way, it's kind of like really unique now based on what happened with Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. a couple months ago. So I guess just off the top of my head, I'll. I'll salute uh, my distant cousin Michael for being Black Panther. There was a, a very timely one I saw. Actually, it kind of sparked this. I got two I'm going to tell you guys about, but what I saw this morning, somebody actually dressed up as like a full-on like surgical mask, right? Made it all big. They had yeah, the I'm surprised that I didn't see more doctors. But actually. like, they took a picture just like laying in the street with like dirt thrown all over them. So just like one of the dirty discarded masks that have been laying around all over, right? So you're just like laying in like a pile of leaves on the road making this mask. So I thought that was hilarious. I think, the, I think my favorite one, though, I actually saw this kid and impressive. I think he's only nine or ten. Somebody sent me this video. And he, they took the t- like a little TV off the wall and made him into like a Nintendo Switch. Mm. Where he had like a big cardboard box around him. Like one side was red, one side was blue with the controllers on it. And then he put a TV in his like... Belly here. I mean, th- those those TVs really aren't that bad, but still, I'm sure that they did it. And he literally was like playing Mario on like the TV, and he just walked around like he was a Nintendo Switch. And I thought it was really cool, creative, and obviously mm-hmm. had to have won best costume. The uh, the one of the really cool ones that I saw online was uh, uh, this. Obviously, the parents made these for these three little kids, but they had costumes where they were transformers, and they actually transformed. Yeah, like, the kids could Ooh. the kids could like get down on all fours. And all the stuff would move and, and experience early back and pain. Turn into you know Bumblebee and then uh, <laughs> one of the planes and Optimus Prime. Experience early back just, pain. Just take it out of him. Uh, we're getting old here at the Get Around. Remember, remember to follow us on Twitter at Harrison BB, at Jake Atnip, at James Cook fourteen, and, and hit up WrestlingIsland.net. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Wrestling Island. We're gonna start that one. You maybe get the full preview. Maybe like uh, Shuba Swish House. We should get uh, Rusty to start Wrestling Island. <laughs> Uh, before we get out of here, we are going to get somebody fed. As always, our sponsors at Jimmy John's are gracious enough to let us give away some subs to our lovely Audible viewers. This week, we are giving away some free subs to Terry Wow. 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 You say it. <laughs> wow. Terry Wow. Terry Wow. Wow, Terry. Wow, Terry. Wow. Terry Wow. 
Wow, yeah, Terry. Uh, what, Terry Garrison Wah. Wah. Garrison. Okay, this is going downhill fast. Terry, we will get a hold of you. Check out your DMs. Thank you for interacting with us on social media. As always, if you want to get entered, like, share, retweet, skiff us, comment, do something, and we will get you entered, and we will see you next week for episode 149.